Well, good morning, Spring Creek. It's good to be sharing with you again. This Advent season, we are starting into a series uh, called Christmas in Chaos. And really, this series is born out of the unique situation that we find ourselves in in 2020. Uh, I don't know about you, but the last couple of days with Thanksgiving, uh, things haven't been normal. Uh, Our family plans got changed up. We typically have an aunt and an uncle and some cousins from Ohio that come and join us for Thanksgiving. And they chose to stay home this year, and uh, so it was a smaller gathering for us at Thanksgiving. And we already know that some of our Christmas plans are being shaped and and molded and changed uh, because of the pandemic and because of these issues that we're facing. As we look at the world around us, it's clear that everything is not as it should be. In preparing for this Advent season has been like everything else in 2020. We're not quite sure how to plan. I started thinking a couple of months ago about what Advent would look like this year. Uh, Do we try to go about business as usual or do we just admit that Our usual normal isn't here, isn't happening this year, and so do we try and plan around that and try and plan something meaningful that is very different? And you're going to hear more about that in the coming weeks in our announcements about the the plans that we have as far as uh, the Christmas virtual Christmas cards and our Christmas Eve service and how that's all going to, to take shape. But it is a very different year. And so naturally, we are starting off our Advent series in the book of Lamentations. You know, Lamentations is often attributed to the prophet Jeremiah. In the Jewish faith, Lamentations is actually read uh, to remember the destruction of the first temple in Jerusalem by the Babylonians around 586 B.C., And they also read it to commemorate or remember the second temple's destruction in 70 AD by the Romans. It reflects the the feelings and the thoughts and the emotions of the people of Judah uh, in exile as they look back to the devastation of war and famine, disease, and the destruction of their temple. And this morning we are looking specifically at Lamentations 3. This is a a complex acrostic poem that moves from despair towards hope and then back to despair. At the beginning of the poem, the writer feels like God is against him. They've seen how the the Babylonians, uh, they believe that Babylonians are unknowing agents of God. And so the Jewish people had been evicted from their homeland. They had been forced to leave and flee. And they had watched Jerusalem be destroyed, the gates broken down. They had seen the temple be ransacked and and, uh, all the the valuable instruments that were in the temple were, were taken out as spoils of war by the Babylonians. It had been looted, it had been ransacked. Their world had been turned upside down and thrown into chaos. So we start to see this movement in Lamentations 3 of despair that begins to turn towards hope. 
and specifically in the stanza that begins at verse 19. We hear something like this, the thought of my affliction and my homelessness is wormwood and gall, which is really an ancient way of saying it's not good. Things are really, really bad around me. The writer goes on to say, my soul continually thinks of it and is bowed down within me. He, he's depressed. He, he's, he's working through this stuff. But in verse 21, there starts to be this, this little shift. He says, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. And then we get to the next stanza in verse 22. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And then in verse 24, the Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The writer's remembering God's steadfast love, his mercies and his faithfulness. Despite evidence to the contrary, the writer remembers God's steadfast love, his, his mercies, his faithfulness. And this is how, in the midst of chaos, calamity, destruction, and disease, this writer can be reminded of hope. As we move forward uh, to the first century, you know, the the writer in Lamentations is, is writing about the time of the Babylonians, and after the Babylonians come the Persians, and then the Greeks, and we know under one of the uh, followers of uh, Alexander the Great comes uh, a leader, Antiochus Epiphanes, and he uh, further desecrates the temple by sacrificing to the idol Zeus that he puts up in the temple there in Jerusalem. There's the Maccabean Revolt, which is what the Jews celebrate at Hanukkah. But by now, in, in the first century world, Rome is the world superpower by the, by the New Testament. They've conquered Judah again and set up their own government and, and a puppet king in Jerusalem. The government mandates that Jewish males must go to their ancestral homeland. That's why Joseph takes Mary to Bethlehem to be counted and to be taxed. They're removed from their home. They're thrown into a chaotic situation. And that chaotic situation is only going to get worse as Herod is threatened by this news of a, a potential new king, a, a potential messiah when the magi come. And because of this temper that gets worse, he's going to try and kill off any potential rivals. See, Jesus enters into the first century world and things are chaotic. There's all kinds of upheaval and struggle and, and all kinds of things going on in the world. It is not a peaceful Christmas card scene in the first century. So let's talk about Christmas 2020. You know, we like our Christmases cozy and, and bright, surrounded by friends and family. We like the, the Christmas parties. Uh, we, we like seeing one another. We like the nice warm fires and we like the, the Hallmark movies 
or, or really the, the one Hallmark movie that just kind of keeps being remade with different characters and sometimes the same characters. There's always a truck. There's always a small town. There's always a, a big city person. And somehow they magically find love. One storyline. But, you know, we, we find comfort in that. We like the gifts. We like the toys. And, and we like all the normal stuff that comes with Christmas. But this is really not the story of the first Christmas. See, the first Christmas is not warm and cozy with the scent of cinnamon in the air. I've heard about uh, some uh, groups of Christians who have tried to make their Christmas, um, shall we say, a little bit more authentic, and they've snuck in bags of cow manure into the sanctuary in order to have more of the actual Christmas aroma, the, the, the fragrance of that first Christmas present. Uh, don't worry, Dan, Tim, trustees, everyone, no bags of manure in the sanctuary this year, I promise. Okay? But that's a little bit of what that first Christmas was like. And so 2020 is not the first chaotic Christmas. It's not the first time that followers of God, that that God's people find themselves in a hard situation trying to find meaning and find purpose in a difficult situation. This isn't the first time. Maybe 2020 is actually allowing us to better connect with Mary and Joseph in the midst of political upheaval and and government mandates. Maybe we catch a little bit more of what the first Christmas was like because we're in this situation. Maybe we get a glimpse into the the struggle of marginalized people and, and cries for justice at Christmas time are not new. I want you to hear these words. It's called Mary's Magnificat. It's it's found in Luke chapter 1. These these are the words that Mary sings in celebration of finding the good news that that she's going to give birth to God's son. Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him. From generation to generation, He has performed mighty deeds with His arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. So how do we find hope in the midst of chaos? I think the first thing that we have to do is let's talk about what is hope. Carl Paul Donfried says this about hope. He says, in the Bible, hope is not normally expressed as desire for something good that one would like to have happen. 
but it is an expectation, something good that one knows is going to happen and so anticipates. In the Hebrew Bible, the the Old Testament, hope is associated with verbs like to wait, to expect, and to be full of confidence and trust. And the writer of Lamentations is having a crisis of hope. How to cling to something you know to be true when the evidence in front of you says otherwise. The prophets confronted people in their misguided false hope. When when people were putting hope in uh, military forces or alliances or in this king or, or that king, the prophets came and said, hold on, your hope is in the wrong place. See, hope is not just wishing for something to happen. It is not about a a positive outlook on things. And no one is going to blame the, the writer of Lamentations for being the eternal optimist. You know, the book is called Lamentations for a reason. And notice that in Lamentations, the, the writer recalls or remembers in order to have hope. He says, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. He remembers the steadfast love of the Lord and that it never ceases. He remembers that God's mercy never comes to an end. He says, I remember how great God's faithfulness is. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in Him. You know, I think I've been using the word hope a lot, and but I think I've been using it in the wrong way. At least not in the way that the Bible uses the word hope. I say things like, I hope our kids can get back to in-person school, or I hope we can get together with family like normal. I hope they come up with a a safe vaccine and can get it distributed. I hope for a peaceful transition of political power in the United States. But what I mean is that I wish for these things to be true. But hope is waiting in expectation for that which you know to be true. And so this Advent... It's a, it's a season of waiting. Advent is about waiting for the coming of Jesus. It's about remembering that God took on flesh and came into our midst once before. Advent is also about waiting for the coming of Jesus again. As God came into our midst before, so will Jesus come into our midst again to make all things right. And in the meantime, we hope. We wait in expectation for that which we know to be true. Despite evidence to the contrary. Despite what we see in front of us. Despite what we are experiencing in this moment. God's steadfast love. The love shown in Jesus coming in our midst as a baby. The Lord's 
steadfast love, the, the love Jesus taught and lived out as an example, the steadfast love, the, the mercy, the faithfulness of God shown on full display in the life, the death and the resurrection of Jesus, it never ceases. This I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. So this Advent season, it's, it's not normal. That's okay. And it's okay, as Brother Paul Mundy reminded us last week, that lamentation, lamenting, mourning, the loss of, of normal, that, that's, a, that's a normal response. It's okay to lament the loss of normal. As we journey through this very unique Advent season, may this be a special opportunity for us to connect with the story of Jesus and His first coming in a profound way that maybe we've never had this real opportunity to to really think about in this kind of way, faced with our own challenges, faced with our own chaos in, in the world around us. Maybe we get this better glimpse into the world in which Jesus entered. And may this season give us a memory for how God has acted in the past and promises to act in the future. May the story of the Bible, as well as your own stories of how God has worked in your own life, may you bring those back to your memory. Call to mind God's love, His mercy, and His faithfulness. They will continue, even in this time. In Jesus the Christ, may you find hope even in the midst of chaos. I hope you have a great week, Spring Creek, as we journey through this time of Advent together. May you call to mind those ways in which God has moved in the past, and may that give you hope.